0: Hello and welcome to the EMS Improv Podcast, where we engage, where we are mindful, and we tell or share our stories. I am Eric Chase, and we are powered by Gems. Today's guest is the founder and managing partner of Solutions Group, where they're connecting care with reimbursement. More importantly, my guest today, Asbel Montez, is a gentleman, a leader, a person of grace, of authentic relationships and desiring to fulfill his joy and see joy in other people that he encounters and engages with. We have met through the American Angels Association, which I have been overjoyed to have been a part of, through the employers that I've been with, to have met Asbel in Arlington, Texas, and Washington, D.C., and most recently, when he came up here to speak in Oklahoma, where I'm currently residing with my family. Asbel, I just want to say thank you for your generosity, your kindness, your love for humanity and the grace that you've shared with the people that I've seen and the words that I've heard you use. And to your core, the greatness that I know you're trying to imbibe and ins- be inspired from from the God that we believe in. So thank you and welcome.
1: And Eric, thank you very much for the opportunity. I so appreciate it. I'm honored, actually.
0: Well, that makes my heart happy. Um, today, you had actually posted on social media And for your followers, you were talking about life equals lessons, and what are we learning? And to me, that was just a great way to kind of start where we're going to have a conversation today. And what are we learning? And and we get to see and share with one another in real life, and then also social media, which is as close to real life for several people, or too many people in some cases, um, where we don't get real engagement, where we get to kind of connect in certain ways. You're bridging that gap because you're sharing it and meeting the needs of people that need to hear your words and see your vision and your focus and your life and your heart. To bring that to family, to bring that to friends, to bring that to your company, can you give our listeners, your followers, kind of an idea of where your life changed to become the man of grace and love and joy that you are serving now and that you're becoming?
1: You know, what What a great question, Eric. And I will tell you um, that what I was posting today, what I've actually posted over the weekend has come out of my own questions. Um, I had a dear, dear friend who's in politics that um, lost a reelection. And just kind of questioning God, why? And I just remember... Um, in the process. And this has been a journey that I've been on. I'm 47 now, but this is a journey that I've been on since I was 28. And it actually happened. um, I am the product of a divorce. And so I remember when I went through um, my first divorce, I remember I was in Alabama at the time and I had no family at the time that was happening. And there was just a lot of stuff happening. And I remember I was in my car and I had this conversation earlier today with my friend who's the politician. And I remember I was at a stoplight in Hoover, Alabama. And I remember, I, I don't normally hear the audible voice of what I feel like is the Lord. I'm a Christian by, by, by nature. That's my fa- I'm faith-based. And I just remember, stand still. Don't say anything. Um, I will fight your battle. And that was the hardest thing for me to do, being a leader um, at the time, um, being a fixer is standing still and not saying anything and responding in the midst of accusations, in the midst of false narratives. Um, Eric was pretty impactful for me and I had to learn to stand still. And how did you do that? And within six to nine months, you know, the truth began to reveal itself. And some of the stuff that we're talking through that sometimes what we're going through is a lesson for us. And we may not have had anything to do with it. We may not have had anything to do with the season in life that we're going through. But oftentimes in that season is a lesson to be learned. And I'm learning through some lessons that I go through, whether they're issues that I've created or there's sometimes there's it's nothing that I've done had to do with it and in general I've had to look in the mirror and I've had to do a self-inventory and say okay what is the lesson I'm learning through this season because I learned from a wise old pastor that indicated you will continue to repeat the season if you never learn the lesson and so that is something that has been part of my journey since 28 and then the pandemic when the world shut down actually revolutionized my life in general so those that knew me prior to 2020 um to now that know me now um I would like to think I'm totally different than what I used to be and that is just because we learn through lessons in life and I decide I always internalize now is what it, what is this process that I'm learning right now? Sometimes it's for my benefit as I move into the next level. And I'm learning that, I was speaking that earlier to one of my friends who just lost his election, is that we will look back six months from now, a year from now, and we will learn what the lesson was during this process. And we don't know what it is now. It doesn't make sense because I've learned in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, that his ways are never our ways. Um, his plans are not our plans. And so when I understand that, then my best well-laid plans are probably not what he has orchestrated for my life.
0: And first and foremost, thank you for taking that to where, you know, a lot of people think, well, meat and potatoes, and that's radical transparency and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I talk with people, and as I walk my walk and I walk my hope and my and I walk my faith, as well to be still and know to be present to be in the moment whether we know right now and i just wrote something today in reference to that and actually had an interview uh this weekend where i was alluding to the 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 bird song turn 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 to every you know season under heaven Uh, what are we to learn and the first and foremost is i continue to hear uh, audibly, sometimes I see it visually in, in tranquility and peace, but it's to be still and know and rely in my hope and to rely on my faith, absent, not absent the rhetoric and those things out there, because what I'm being asked to do and what you have been exhibiting and why I can look at you and say, I want to be more like what you're representing uh, outwardly is the showing and giving grace, not only to yourself, but to those around you. And hopefully we also receive that. And grace being that overarching measure of love, when somebody says, I love you, sister, I love you, brother, that may be hard for them to swallow. But when they say, I have grace for you, I'm able to connect more deeply with people because that resonates, because they may not have the faith system that we share. So I'm appreciative of that. Life's ups and downs and and how we swing things and don't swing things and how we can still live for cumulative joy in knowing where our eternity is going to be in our faith. When you're dealing with people that may or may not have that faith system and still being the light and the love and the truth that you're to be and being the integral person that I know you are. When do you ever have issues? And how do you resolve those issues, either with those individuals or within yourself when, when there's a quote-unquote conflict?
1: Sure, um, and, and that's an interesting uh, question, um, Eric, is because I have a lot of friends who aren't faith-based. They don't believe in the same, uh, like Christian principles that I do, and that's okay. Um, but most people understand the principles of compassion. The principles of doing good to those even despite yourself. And so I have several friends um, right now that are going through something and I just constantly um, reach out. Um, And I've learned that I can only do that when I'm at a position of grace within myself. And so that has been the quest that I've really been on is how do I give grace to myself? What is the difference between self-care? and being selfish. And that is where you and I kind of really connected in this moment again in Oklahoma is how do we balance the, the, the service with self-care? Because as an industry in which we're in, especially when we're in healthcare, as we're constantly giving to others, but how can I give to others when I am empty myself? And I had to explore that for myself. And it really had nothing to do outside of just my core. Thank God for my Christian fundamentals and faith that I've always been raised in and what my parents taught me. But I have lots of friends who don't have that same core. But so how do we get to that core? And ultimately, we have to understand ourselves. And that is the one area that I could not give to others. I couldn't have grace for others if I never, ever could have grace for myself to allow myself to... Fail. Allow myself to have moments where I may not have, what I call reacting versus responding, and not really taking a moment to think before I responded. And so how do we do that in the midst of conflict? How do I do that when things don't go the way that I think they should go, or that I've envisioned, or that I have seen, like, if we do this, this is going to happen? I ultimately had to take accountability for myself and that I could not control anyone else. It was a serenity prayer. I constantly quote the serenity prayer because it provides me balance. And it provides me to say is as a type A personality, there are just some things you cannot fix. You cannot fix others. I did that with the journey of my daughter who is, who is battled with addictions is ensuring that. There's some things that I did that was enabling the behavior. So constantly going to fix something enabled the behavior. It just exacerbated and prolonged the behavior, um, Eric. And so that's kind of how I balanced that piece of it um, within my own circle of influence is how do you have a conversation with individuals when they're going through conflict, but they are not same faith-based as you are? And that is okay. It's like, it's okay. Not everybody has to think like I do. Not everybody has to agree with my points of view, but the one thing that we do agree with is understanding humanity and that we're all human, and that we all feel, we all have emotion. And sometimes I just have to sit and listen and listen to hear versus listening to respond. Um, and when I sit there and really try to listen to hear, Eric, it's amazing what you begin to hear to come through that process. And so there's so much I could talk about that because it's it's the journey that I'm still on and I don't get it right all the time. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with giving myself grace as I work through this journey, but it gets easier as I practice it. So five or six years ago, I probably yeah. had to practice it a lot more. But as I practiced it more, it's like brushing your teeth. You know, they say it takes 21 days to create a habit, twice as long to break it. So I just allow myself to continue the habit. And when I fail it's okay to say I'm sorry. And then I pick myself back up and go back again. That after time, it becomes easier and easier so I'm not failing as much anymore through the process. And so that's kind of how I marry that too, to not not be too hard on myself. Because oftentimes we do it one time and we fail and we're like, ah, just give up. No, pick yourself back up. It's okay, you're going to. But the more you practice it, the better you become at it.
0: I love everything that you said and- as I was feeling and hearing your words, and and I'm very intentional about when I say feeling, I feel that you're witnessing, and and I've watched you be a light in in the darkness. I heard conversations after I heard you speak this last time. um, And I've heard conversations uh, about how you've helped people to see things within themselves or the surroundings because you bring a perspective. And I love what you said about the compassion piece. you are obviously empathetic and you're a man, a a person of action. And when I hear empathy and action, to me, I I feel that compassion can be the next result. And that's one of the things that I am overjoyed about getting to share you uh, with people that may not know who you are through the EMS Improv platform and the GEMS platform. And then the hallmark of all of these things are accountability. And, And that's the thing that we know in our faith system we know that we are a walking um well it's a conundrum of our faith but we are a walking what's it called when we're um failing when you're failing in faith you're a hypocrite right (laughs) so we, we we know that when we're failing in faith we're shining that light of hypocrisy on everything that religiosity says about what people should and shouldn't be doing and uh we we have learned and i and i hear your words that i'm looking and i'm saying i accept the accountability that i need to have in the faith that i believe in because of the hope that i have within it and so um grace leadership is a big thing that that you are and using words and and i want to your sister Lloyda, am i pronouncing it correctly
1: that's right right made an Lloyda.
0: amazing amazing quote that you shared with your followers which i happen to be one and let me see oh i have it here um you were talking i believe about critics and communication you had cited bernay brown and i love bernay brown
1: there um, is kind and clear is unkind but truth without kindness is brutality
0: Truth without okay. kindness is brutality, oh, yes. and that's Loida's. Uh, Lloyd Howell, yes, yes. Um, Loida that's her Howell. quote,
1: right?
0: That is, I mean, when we hear it, like you know, people are like, well, well, What's the Bible say about speaking the truth? Well, it says, Speak the truth with love, Renee Brown says, seasoned with
1: salt. We forget about that seasoned with salt, meaning it's tasty, it's savory, you can taste it,
0: yes. And I'm glad because you had mentioned that when you were here in Oklahoma and the seasoning. That comes with all those feels and the taste and however it's going to resonate in and with and for that person in the in the
1: form of accountability, love and grace. Right. You know, and my dad called it, which which it's actually a biblical concept, but it's wisdom. And so wisdom allows your words to be seasoned to where whoever you're speaking with, when you speak the truth, you do it with love, which is patience. Kindness, long suffering. So, what's the fruit of the spirit? That's love, kindness, patience, long suffering, compassion, and and then we do it seasoned, meaning with wisdom. So, oftentimes, sometimes wisdom requires you to be silent because whoever you're speaking to is not ready to taste the words of wisdom. And so, when Brene Brown says, "Clear is kind, unclear is unkind," that setting boundaries, being clear. But truth without kindness is brutality, as my sister says it, is the truth. Because sometimes I would say clear is kind and clear is unkind. And I would forget that wisdom. I would forget that seasoning. And that's where brutality would come in and people would just reject what you had to say. And that was me 10, 15 years ago. You wouldn't have wanted to be around me, Eric, 15 years ago. Because I was um, was a, a victim of bullying. And so I would automatically raise something, and so it was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, chop your head off before you chop mine on. They, the best man, win. And so, but that was not Christ's principles. And I remember during the pandemic, I remember clearly as the day is long on March the 14th when I was sitting in my chair and the world shut down. And I've talked about this in some of my blogs and video blogs and stuff that I've done is. I remember as clear as the day is long, is that you are a Christ follower before you are anything else. And so regardless if it's politics, regardless if it's what you're doing, leading, whatever it is, ultimately, if people cannot see Christ through what you do, you're not a Christ follower. Ultimately, that's how they have to always see me. And so it's hard to admit sometimes because it's like your instinct inside of you wants to rally up. I feel it even now, like there's things that are going on that I feel that that old Asbel wants to come in and wants to say, oh, I'll get you. We'll get this done. But ultimately, will it distract from the purpose of who he is? And it doesn't matter. I'm, I am to like everyone. I don't care who you are, what you do. And it's hard sometimes, Eric. It really is. It's hard sometimes to view things through the lens of the way that he does. Sometimes I just want to say, I don't want to do that today. I don't want to view. I don't want to view that through this because I know this needs to happen and I can take a shortcut. But ultimately, as a gentleman, he says, well, you can do it my way or you can do it your way. You decide. And that's what's nice about him. He allows me to decide. And if I make a mistake, he gives me the grace to say, it's okay, son, but it doesn't mean I don't face the consequence of the mistake I made. Does that make sense? Boom. And so that is, that is, that's the wonder of grace is he says, son, it's fine. I'll let you do it. But there's many times I've had to suffer the consequence and I've gotten tired of it. The older I get, it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a little quiet here. I'm going to do this or whatever. So that's kind of my, my principle on grace leadership. Bernays Brown piece of being clear as kind, unclear as unkind, really strong about setting boundaries. But the one caveat um, that my sister and I have just discussed so much on is truth without kindness is brutality. And that to me is where we go back to speak the truth in love Seasoned with grace. That is the grace part, the seasoned the seasoned with grace part.
0: For those of you that think that's a weird pause, which it, it might be, um, I was feeling a way. And I want to reflect upon uh, a conversation that I had, again, in this interview on Saturday with my wife sitting beside me. And the cameras and all the things that make it seem not real at the time uh, to to make it seem sterile and and absent and devoid of emotions and feels and spirituality and the things that we're trying to connect to when we're being asked these point blank questions and and i remembered where that wisdom with with seasoning the patience the love the kindness needs to come into play that 10, 12, 15, 20, 25 years ago, I was the person that you were talking about that I was very good at what I did. And yet I was not a very kind person. I was probably considered a a bleep bleep by many people. Um, And yet they would ask me to do what I needed to do because they knew I was going to do it well. And that would be about the extent of our transaction. We didn't have, I didn't create relational opportunities with human beings. And I happen to go to a church that there are days that it is difficult for me to walk past the gathering space into the sanctuary because of my brokenness, my guilt, and my shame, despite knowing that I have this grace thing and this love thing and this everlasting forgiveness with the consequences, as you pointed out, which is why I gave that big boom. But I'm sitting beside my wife and I get asked this question, how have I been able to grow spiritually and relationally by attending the church that we go to. And it is being witnessed by the leadership, both ministry and lay leadership, and just the men and the women that through their guilt, shame, trauma, pain, joys, and mourning are emboldened enough to walk through the doors, to be in community and relationship with people, authentic relationships, seeking accountability and also seeking love and the grace. And our church is called grace. So I hear it every time I talk about it. And every time I go there, where are you going? I'm going to grace. So my actions and my words were not congruent with the love that I know that I'm expected to be giving to people. Whether it be my son, my wife, our kids, uh, through a, a broken family and divorce and a blended family of love and grace and an opportunity for me to become reborn in this world. And I'm not trying to be ethereal when I say that. I have been given so many new opportunities to do things that I had broken and failed many times before. So with that being said, and, and this being, we're two days from, is this Monday or Tuesday, as spell?
1: Monday. Monday. So Thank three you. days from Thanksgiving. So three <laughs> days from Thanksgiving.
0: So <laughs> three days from Thanksgiving. Thank you. Um, and then uh, as Christians, we celebrate uh, Christmas is coming up. Um, uh, on the Jewish holidays, uh, we're having, uh, uh, I can't even think of the name. Um I'm Okay. Hanukkah, Hanukkah? Yes. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all all these things w- will be coming up, and, and people that are going through great loss and mourning and, and trauma that is unresolved, or they don't know where this outlet is that you and I have found, I would like to know if you'd be willing to share with people that are hurting right now, that are hurting right now, particularly into this into this season of reflection uh, that can take them into places of darkness that you and i have both been in and we've experienced if there's something that you would like to share a guiding principle or a light or a story that uh you have that might resonate with them i, I would love that if you're able or willing
1: yeah you know the, the holiday season is probably it's either one of joy or it's one of sadness for people, and so depending upon how life happens, depends upon how you view through the lens of the holiday season. And there's a reason why, you know, psychologists and them have indicated that this is probably the period of time where more um, death by suicide happens, um, depression, anxiety sets in. And it's because of the pressures of the holiday season, no matter what it is, are you alone? Um, The individual that was washing my car earlier today, I asked him, what are you doing for the holiday? I just felt an urge to walk outside my door and say, what are you doing? And he said, well, I don't really know. And I said, well, come by and have dinner because you shouldn't be alone on a holiday or to isolate um, I know many that are gonna celebrate the holiday without family members. They've lost them. My wife's one of them, you know, my late mother-in-law. It's be the first year that they've celebrated without. And finding areas to reminisce and not draw within and say, let's not memorialize, but what should we do? You know, she wanted a tree with her mother's colors that so she could think about it. And is there gonna be sadness? Was she shed a tear? It's okay. Yeah. She will. And it's okay to feel an emotion. Um, I know doing that with my daughter, it's been, I was telling you before we even got on this show that this is the first time in five years that we've celebrated a Thanksgiving together. And but the five years before then, I would think about it, and there would be a moment of sadness that she's not there because of the choices that she had made. And but I've learned through my own counseling, to not suppress the emotion that I feel because it's important to feel. When you feel, you care. And when we, as a society, tell people to stop feeling and suppress it and it's okay and you need to move on, that to me is the detriment to who we are as human beings. It is okay to feel. It's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not, which means to be angry, but don't do something that in that requires a requisite action that is wrong. And so the emotion is what you should feel. So if you're in the sense of like, I get it, Asbel, you are over the other side right now. And yes, this is going to be a joyous season for me it always hasn't been but I am celebrating the season that I'm in right now because there could be another season that I'm going to be in but my wife won't be celebrating like I am because she's going to be sad this is the first time but guess what we're going to do Eric we're going to make pies in remembrance of her mom because her mom made some fantastic so we're making certain pies to memorialize that She made the best yeast roll ever. She made certain elements that was like, and we're going to spend time and we're going to remember those pieces. And will she shed a tear? Will there be a bit of sad? Absolutely. And we'll be okay with that. But we'll move on knowing that we're in the space of understanding and remembering. And so if people are going through those times of sadness, I don't know what it is that we're going through, but it is okay. What's not okay is to stay in the moment for long. Time. And so make sure that you're with someone and don't isolate because you made a very important statement, Eric, earlier that when you were in your church and your environment, the community and the grace, we have to get beyond our minds and captive our minds. That's why the Bible says bring your mind into captivity because oftentimes our mind will tell us things that are not actual. And when we're there, we were meant for relationship. And there's most people are redemptive in nature. There are some people that aren't redemptive in nature. Get rid of those individuals. You don't want those people in your life, but find those people. There are tons of individuals that I have encountered in my life who are very redemptive. And then there's always those that are going to be very critical. They're whatever. And I've learned that the people that I was looking to for the redemptive natures were the critics, And those that I thought were going to be the critics, Eric, were the ones that were redemptive in nature. And so I've learned to open my eyes to my surroundings of those individuals as I work through it. So I encourage those that are going through this season, and especially through this holiday season, where it may not be something that you're looking forward to, is understand the reason. Understand that we have things to be thankful for. Today on our staff call this morning with our team, We went around the room and everybody talk about what you're thankful for. And it's pretty amazing what happens when we start to think, when we become thankful and we start articulating what we're thankful for.
0: Um, thank you for sharing that and in the humility for which you bring uh these lessons and these understandings, because they they are for which the fabric of what you've worn and and experienced. And for the people that, that have heard me talk, and, we, and we've had from mental health conversations to suicidality conversations, to you know, those people that are getting therapy, have, have, are currently doing therapy, um, absent a faith system or in conjunction with their faith uh, and beliefs, um, the big thing for me is like you said, and just to kind of continue to engage, continue to be mindful, and and use that discernment we've talked a lot about wisdom and the sprinkling of, of and the seasoning um, you mentioned something about those that are redemptive and, and i hear and i feel that's where the discernment comes in to play you're going to show grace and kindness to all those around you and yet the energy that you need are to the ones that are receiving it and also redistributing it those of redemptive qualities the ones that aren't doing those things you might just be enough of the seasoning, or the truth, or the light, or the way that they aren't completely turning, and 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 they're going to come to the point that they need to in, in, in later parts of their life or a different season of their life. So, using that discernment, my life and and I had a story where my father and I had not celebrated holidays for many years uh, because of uh, addiction and issues along just. Of inappropriate communication, lack of communication, and, and just the overtones of brokenness. And I was to have gone to Michigan from Ohio when I was living out there to spend time with my aunt. She was my safe space, you know, the psychological safe space, the accepting, even without agreement, just that really love, pure uh, love is all I can say. And I happened to get a phone call from my father and it said, your brothers are going to be here. This, they lived in near Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. Um, and you're more than welcome to come down. And I thought about it. I ruminated it and I prayed about it. I called my mother and my parents were divorced. Um, so I came again from brokenness. And then I did that myself. And, and and what I want to add is one of the things that came into play six or seven months prior to that Thanksgiving Back in 1998 or 1999 was I had called my father and I said don't say anything I forgive you and I hope you can forgive me and I politely hung up the phone whatever my um, goodbye was and it took six or seven months for both of our spirits to get to the point where he then felt compelled to reach out to me to say, here's the opportunity, the door is open again. The season changed, if we're going back to what we talked about, but my heart had to change. His heart had to change. And in our guilt, pain, uncomfortability, and shame, we weren't walking our faith, we weren't exercising it well. And that was the first thing in, in my, uh, if you will, meditation or prayerfulness was that I heard you need to forgive yourself and you need to forgive him. And we didn't even need to get into the minutia of all the hurt and pain at that time. It's just this carte blanche. We're starting anew and fresh. And that's what I know in my hope and in my faith, that you will not not have to go through the consequences of your actions, behaviors, and those things that have been done to you. But you will have much more support from a loving, caring community of authentic individuals looking for their own individual accountability and willing and, and hopefully helping you be accountable to the words, actions and deeds that you want. We're coming up in time, and I know we want to be mindful of people's times, in their hearts and their spirits. I wanna leave you with the last several minutes here to kind of encapsulate where you are today, the things that we spoke about and looking forward to the season, despite the tears and that overarching joy of what we believe that can be there for other people. So however that goes or whatever that takes you as well, um, thank you for hearing my story there. With grace, and, and and I look forward to hearing what you say now.
1: Yeah, Eric. I guess in culmination of our conversation, this has been probably this has been probably one of the best conversations that I've had, and I've enjoyed talking about this. Really, from just a place of transparency and authenticity. That's where I've been for the last probably three and a half years now. Um, it's what's spinning, what I believe we as leaders need more of, and that's grace and a space for grace. And where our world is going right now and what we see is not who I am. It's not the leader I want to be. And I'm not going to be forced into some societal norm that says it's okay to treat people the way that I see people being treated, um, whether it's from a political perspective the work perspective, the corporate perspective, that's not how we're leading our company. Um, and that's not how we should treat each other. And everybody deserves respect. And it starts with me. And I think oftentimes what we do and what emanates to the world around us is because we've not given ourself grace. And so it's so much easier. As they say, and this is scripture, as you can tell I'm a preacher's kid, but it's very 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 easy to cast the speck out of someone else's eye when there's a beam in your own and so i'm wanting to focus more on the beam in mine um, and i would rather rather address what's going on with me first because when i learn that i look in the mirror and i understand my flaws i am much less prone to pick out the flaws of others Doesn't mean I don't have boundaries. Understanding boundaries is wisdom and discernment. Not everybody is for you. Not everybody's in your camp and that's okay, but you can still have grace. Um, Even though people aren't for you, even though other people have different ideas, um, that's something that I probably have struggled with the most, Eric, is how do you do that? From my work career standpoint, from friends and colleagues that I thought were close, that um, maybe my discernment radar wasn't there. Um, I've always learned that my dad has taught that. My dad had the gift of discernment and it's passed on to some of us that we're able to kind of pick up clues. Um, But sometimes people get real close or you're in an environment um, where you don't, sometimes you disregard it or you try to give a path or, Oh, that's not really the way they are, um, and so I've begun to believe that. And that is where to be more clear, setting boundaries, understanding that that grace does have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Jesus had boundaries. He sometimes had to get away, had to get away from the crowds. He had to move to alone time in prayer, solitude, recharge, come back. That's how he spoke with the Pharisees, the religious of the day. He confounded them with parables. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't let them get them into and whatever. And so that's the person that I attempt to follow, attempt to emulate. And so I have learned over the last three and a half years, if I will focus on those leadership principles that he exuded, I cannot go wrong with that. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. <laughs> I feel every day. And I have people that come in, I talk and i like, thinking, oh God, I messed up today. Or did I have grace today? Was I a little too clear and didn't have a boundary? You know, my best friend, who's also my my partner in business, Brian Choate, he's one of the one I get. I'm really close to that. I'm like, dude, did I fail today? Speak life into me. Vice versa, we do it to both or whatever. My sister and I we're spark- we're starting a space for grace leadership series because I believe this message is so important, Eric. What's going on right now? That as leaders, if we can talk about our own vulnerabilities what we go through, how we're working through it. And the one thing that I learned, and I have to give credit to my wife for this because she's a writer. She is the one that encouraged me to start writing and vlogging um, during the pandemic. And I've never wanted to do that. But the therapy associated with that, that oftentimes when you're reading something that I write, I'm going through it. And it's my way of speaking life into a situation that I don't feel. And my parents always taught me that if you will just speak into existence, that which you don't feel eventually will happen because that's what faith is. Faith is speaking into that, which you don't see or understand at the time. And so oftentimes when you see something that I'm writing, Eric, it's either something I've gone through myself, my, my blogs over the weekend, I was telling one thing is when something I was going through with, for one of my friends, I couldn't sleep at night. I was up at three o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. I just couldn't sleep. And so I just started writing and it was like speaking life into a situation that I didn't feel at the time. But the more I spoke it, guess what? You begin to live it out. You begin to understand it or whatever. So people understood that power of the spoken word, the power of speaking positive. You're never going to be around me and speak negative. I'm going to hear you for a little bit, but then I'm going to change that We can't talk that way because what will happen is we'll all go down a spiral. We'll all wind up slitting our wrists and cutting ourselves and we'll all be dead before we know it if we continue down that path. So we've got to speak life. So when someone, and it's okay, it's okay to, and it's really okay to have those negative thoughts. It's okay, but make sure you're giving it with someone that's going to speak life into the situation. Um, Because if not, it's going to move you down a trajectory where grace will not be present. So thanks for, I, I can't say thank you enough, Eric, for um, allowing me to talk with you about this. This is a a, a subject I'm very passionate about, that I'm actually going through myself um, a, a, as well.
0: And I think that's why that as timing in, in life has been, that the third time was the charm, if you will, to use that kind of just that phraseology, um, we have met, we have spoken, we interact, and yet this, because of everything that we're jointly going through, uh, it it was timed. And I want to say, and before we wrap up and do the outro, um, the authenticity and the honesty in faith, because I wanted to say, you're operating with integrity of faith, and that does not mean we can't fall and don't sin and don't make mistakes, and yet you have partners that are lifting us up, breathing life, the the living water into us. And you can do that absent our faith by still having grace because grace is something absent religiosity. And we want those brothers and sisters, the humans out there that are being mistreated um, by not only other humans, but by constructs of religion we want them to know that love means love, and we will give you grace, and we want to show you the way, the truth, and the light that we know. And simultaneously, it's okay if you don't go down that road, but we want to be an example. We want to be loved. We want to share grace with you, and we do care because we, we care about ourselves finally. And we care-
1: 316 is for everyone.
0: Right? Eric. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's literally <laughs> – it, it literally – is for absolutely everyone. I'm not getting into that construct with people that think it. I'm not. It nope. is for everyone. It's for everyone.
0: Yeah, without exception, and and that's one of the things that our church says is uh, God's love is for everyone, really, no exceptions. And and on that, and with love uh, to you, and and absolute appreciation uh, for your radical transparency and your vulnerability and the uplifting light of love that you are sharing. I wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is and has been the EMS Improv Podcast where we have engaged. We've tried to be really mindful. Uh, We both shared and told some stories. We are powered by the Journal of Emergency Medicine, AKA GEMS. My guest is the beautiful man of faith, uh, Asbel Montes, thank you, Asbel.
1: Thank you, Eric.